So today I'm talking about temples of God, and I, I want to ask you, what do you think about when you hear the word temple? There are definitely a, a bunch of different uh, images that may come to mind as we think about and look at different temples that we see around the world, and you see there's different shapes, different forms, different, uh, different practices, and, and different prayers go on in those buildings. And, you know, when you think about temples, you think about the, the magnificent architecture done there. Like, the, the architects back in the day were brilliant, just to see the detail that they put into these buildings. And, and you know, you look at the buildings we see now, they're just straight glass buildings. But these, these buildings here, they're absolutely magnificent. The, 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 the structure, the detail, the work put into it, the colors, the, the shapes, absolutely amazing. But the, what, were the, what are the purpose? What is the purpose of a temple? What was the purpose of these ancient churches, these ancient buildings back in the day? Well, well the, the, the purpose uh, back in the biblical days was the, the temple was a, was a residence of God. That is where God placed his residence. That's where God was located. But before any of the temples, before any of that happened, God actually dwelled and lived with his creation. God dwelled and he lived with his creation. In, in, in you read Genesis uh, chapter 1 to chapter 3, we see the forming of the world. We see the creation of the world. And, and God, if you read in Genesis chapter 3, it even says that God was walking around in the garden. God walked, God talked, God dwelled among his creation. But then the enemy had to have his way. He didn't like that. He didn't like what God had done. So he decided, hey, I'm going to mess things up a little bit. So he decided he was going to be crafty, convince the, the, the humans, Adam and Eve, that, yeah, you know what? God's hiding stuff from you. Eat this fruit. You're going to know just as much, if not more, than him. And, 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 and because of that sin, because of that disobedience, we are now separated from God. And, and, and they were now cast out of the, of the garden and that dwelling point with God, that they were no longer talking with God. They were no longer walking with God like they were. They are now separated from him. And that, that relationship was broken. So we, we, we think about the access to God. Well, how, how do we access God? How did the, did the, the, uh, the people get connected with God? Because sin was a problem. Sin wasn't going away. Sin was there. Sin was this, this black cloud that was hovering over them, um, you know, and, 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 and completely distorting and perverting God's creation, and that he was no longer able to, to interact with them. But um, he did interact with his creation in certain ways. The thing is, you never knew where he was going to be. You never knew where he was going to show up. He would just show up to certain individuals. Abraham was one that he appeared to, that he led, that he, that he, that he talked with. Uh, you know, and, and he would show up in different forms, whether it was a voice that he would hear or it would be, uh, in, in one instance, three strangers that showed up and that were, they were the, representing God. And they, he, he spoke to them and he met with them. And whether it was showing up in a, in a burning bush or pillar of fire or in a donkey, he would show up. He would show up in these, in these ways. You know, and when I think about it, I, I think about the old show, uh, the polka dot door. 
Remember that Pokeroo would show up and that one guy always happened to miss? I missed him again? We all know why he missed him. Come on, we all know that, right? But, but you know, he, he would just show up and, 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 and he would appear and he would, and he would make an impact on, on people and he would lead them and he'd, he, would, he would put a, a, a word or a, re- a revelation or some power into these individuals to lead his people and, and, and guide them and, and bring them to a place where he wanted them to be. But a majority of the people, uh, the Israelites, they didn't have any interaction with God. They believed in him. They made sacrifices to him for their sins. They, they, they prayed to him, and, uh, but they didn't have an interaction with God. They didn't have access to him. They didn't have this regular uh, moment like Adam and Eve had. They didn't have that moment. When they, so they would even go throughout their lives not even really hearing God's voice. They believed him there. They trusted him. And they, and they did work, and they would see him work, but they didn't always have interaction. They didn't always have uh, a connection with him. And um, think, think about what that would be like today. Think about what it, it would be like having a parent, okay? Having parents, you know your parents are there. Your parents know that you're there, but there's no interaction at all with them. You can't actually see them. You can't touch them. You can't hug them. You, 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 you know they love you. And, and they, 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 they truly do, but, but sorry, you know what? There's just a divide there, and we just, we can't get to you. And, 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 and that's what it was like. That's, that's what these people were experiencing. Uh, as, as life progresses, as life continues on for the, the, the people, that they, they are now in slavery, and, 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 and God reaches out to Moses, and and, and he appears to him, and he appears to him magnificently in this, in this burning bush that wasn't burning. And, and you know, and, and he commanded them. He, he, he put this, this, this mission on, on Moses' life to, to free his people. And then when he finally frees the people, he starts, he, he starts giving them words. He says, okay, here's some instructions. Here's what you need to do. Here's how you need to live your life. And you know what? I, I need you to, to, to build a, a place for me, to make a tent and a, a, a place for the ark. And so, so they, they, they would do these things. And, and in Exodus chapter 25, verse 8, he said, Have the people of Israel build me a holy sanctuary so I can live among them. Things were now starting to look better. There was a place now where, where, where God, um, you know, it wasn't a permanent structure, but God was able to reside among the people. Things were improving a little bit. And they were no longer fully separated. They still didn't have great access to him, though. They still wasn't, the, the, the barriers weren't taken down. They still had a barrier in front of them. And, uh, and, but things were looking a bit better. But then David comes along, and King David is, is ruling, and, and, he, and he has this, this burden on his heart. He, he's sitting there, and he, and he thinks, and if you look in 2 Samuel chapter 7, he says, it says, when King David was settled in his palace and the, uh, and the Lord had given him rest from all his en- surrounding enemies, the king summoned Nathan the prophet. Look, David said, I am living in this beautiful cedar palace, but the ark of God is out there in the tent. Nathan replied to the king, go ahead and do whatever you have in mind for the Lord is with you. So David has this burden on him. He's like, I'm living in this great palace. I'm sitting here, and I, and, and I have this big screen TV. I have this king-size bed. I got a slushy machine. I don't know why I got a slushy machine, but I do. And I'm just living in luxury. And there's the Lord sitting there, living there in this rickety old tent. And, he, and, and, and he's this burden. He goes, no, I, we need to have a permanent structure, a permanent place 
for the Lord to, to live. And, and, you know, even though David wasn't the one to build it, David, God says, you know, there's, there's just too much blood on your hands. We, I thank you for that, but now you, you're not going to be the one to build it. So David prepared for it. David gathered all the gifts, all the materials, finances. He got everything ready. And it wasn't until David's son, Solomon, took the throne that he was able to, to, uh, to build this structure. And he, and he made this place for God to dwell. And here's what happens in 2 Chronicles chapter 6. It says, My eyes will be open and my ears attentive to every prayer made in this place. For I have chosen this temple and set it apart to be holy, a place where my name will be honored forever. I will always watch over it, for it is dear to my heart. For the very first time, God has now attached himself to a, to a, a place on earth. God has now attached himself, and he, there, there's no longer this, this wondering when he was going to appear. God attached his presence to this palace, God, or to this, this temple. God has made this a place where he is going to hear the prayers. He's going to see the needs. He is going to see what his people uh, are, are needing, and, and, and he is there, and, and, and he's going to be able to now interact with them. This is a big point in history. This is a big point in Hebrew history here. And and as we as we see this, we think now, okay, this is great, but the temple is gone. The temple is no longer there. The temple's been destroyed. It was destroyed, then it was rebuilt, then it was destroyed again, then it was rebuilt, then it was destroyed again. And and, and this this temple that God had dwelled is is no longer there. But here's the thing. As we just celebrated this morning, as we looked to communion, we know the reason why God is no longer residing in a temple anymore. He is no longer residing in a physical building on earth because Jesus broke that barrier. And that Jesus, or God, is no longer residing in the temples, but he's residing in these temples. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. That Jesus is no longer attached himself, or God is no longer attached himself to a physical building, but he has attached himself to us. He lives within us. But he, what one thing we need to understand is that with these, with that now being temples of God, that the temple principles for the old the, the Old Testament principles, those principles for the temple still apply and need to and should apply to us today. And we're going to look at those principles. But Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16. He says, He says, And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For, for we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Praise God. Praise God. We are his people. He resides in us, he lives in us, he walks with us, he talks with us, and, and he's no longer just stuck in one place, in, in, in one, one fancy building. You know, that's the thing. You know, God, 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 doesn't, doesn't, God doesn't care about fancy, beautiful, elaborate buildings anymore. He doesn't. What he cares about is us. He loves us. He cares about us. He wants to live in us. He wants to guide us. He wants to work in us and perfect us and, 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 and lead us to be his holy church. See, but in, in, this, in Hebrews chapter 8, we look at, look at what, what, the, what the author says, uh, says to, to the Hebrew people. But this is the new covenant I will make 
with the people of Israel on that day. The Lord said, I will put my laws in their minds and I will write it in their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. God is not just recreated or, 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 or just re, yeah, recreated the, the temple principle, but he's given the temple principles upgrades. He's given them upgrades. And here's, here's a couple of the upgrades that I look at when I see. I see, I no longer see one temple, but I see many. There are many temples now. The Old Testament, there was just one temple serving the needs of, 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 of God's people. And, and, and today, there are millions all over the world. There's no longer just one temple residing in Israel. There is temples in Israel. There are temples in America, in Canada, in Europe, in Australia, in Asia, in the Middle East. There are temples everywhere serving the Lord, showing Jesus to people, and, and, and people are able to connect. So it's, it's no longer just stuck, but it's spread out all over the world. Amen. And the other upgrade is that it's no longer in one place, but it is movable. So it's no longer just stuck, but it's constantly moving around. It's not just placed in Canada and now just, it's not just like there's a temple in Israel and now there's a temple that's not moving in Canada and in, in America. And no, there are temples all over, but they are moving all over. They are scattered. They are, they are serving. They are working. They are, they are, are going out all over the world preaching the gospel of Jesus to creation everywhere. And it is no longer just one design, but it comes in many shapes and many forms, in many languages and in many different colors. And these temples are doing the work the way God has designed them to do, the way God called them to, and is equipping them to do that good work. And so these are the upgrades we see. And so we in it again, we need to understand that what was true what was true about the temple in the Old Testament must remain true about the New Testament temple, these temples here. We, what was true about the, uh, the temple then needs to be true today. 2 Corinthians 6 wasn't the first time God, uh, Paul called us uh, uh, temples of God, but he also said in, in 1 Corinthians six nineteen, as he was talking about regarding to sexual sin, he re reminded them, listen, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and, has give, and was given to you by God? Understand that you are a temple of Jesus. You are, uh, the Holy Spirit is residing in you today. And so here's three principles I want to look at this morning um, as, before we go. And the first principle is that te temple was visible, and so must it be today. The temple needs to be visible. The house of God, the, 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 these vessels that the Holy Spirit resides in needs to be visible on a regular basis, on a regular basis. You know, when, when, when God spoke to David and, and, and Solomon and was working about on this temple, he didn't ask them to build a bunker he didn't ask them to build a submarine to hide underneath the water. He didn't ask them to build a, a, a hidden fortress that no one can see. No, what he did was he had them construct something that, that, that you could see from miles and miles away. That when you walked into this area, when you traveled, you saw the temple from miles away. 
when you, if you read, if you read uh, 1 Kings 6, you'll see the details of with the construction of the temple. You will see, uh, you see what, what, what's happening here, and you'll see that, that, that the description of Solomon's temple, it would suggest that the, that the inside ceiling was 180 feet long, that it was 90 feet wide and 50 feet high. The highest point of the temple was, was roughly around 20 stories high. This is a big building. This is a big structure. And it was seen. It was seen for everyone. It was visible. And this is what Jesus wants us to be today. He doesn't want us to be hiding. He doesn't want us to be stuck somewhere. Uh, doesn't want us to be, you know, buck, hunkered down. Now, I understand there was a season where we had to be hunkered down because, well, there was a pandemic. <laughs> but guess what? We may have been physically hunkered down, but we were still visible. We had to be visible. And, and, and that's what Jesus is saying. And he says this. He says in Matthew chapter 5, he says, You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a, light, a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a, on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. You are a light to be seen. And you know what? Last night, I saw a lot of light. There was a lot of light shining here in Amherstburg. And, 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 and that's what's so important to think about. Like, over 200 people, over 100 people who are not connected with our church. That is incredible. And you know what I see there? I see God's people at work. I see God's people shining the light of Jesus to a community who desperately needs it. And I pray, and as we did this morning, and I'm going to continue to pray that those seeds that were planted last night will flourish. That those seeds that were planted last night, see, the people may not have realized they were seeing Jesus. They may not have realized. They, 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 probably, just, they probably saw, you know what? There's a, there is a church, there are a bunch of people that are doing something for our kids. See, what happened is that they saw love last night. Because last night, was that was a moment like and again I understand it's it's Halloween and you know shh, don't talk about Halloween in church but last last night was probably one of the first moments where everything started to feel a little bit normal again and and and, and I saw kids running around having fun you know being safe but having fun and and, and I saw I saw a bunch of people just full of smiles, handing out candy for me, I mean for my children and, and other children. And, and, and so, so what we see here is we see, this, we see the light shining. Do you know that Halloween in churches was, was something you just didn't talk about? It was taboo. It's the, it's the evil season. It's the season, you, well, yeah, there's darkness attached to the season. I, one time I saw in a church library, I'm not going to say what church, but the church library, uh, it had a VHS tape. And it was, it was talking about how evil and how awful and how horrible Halloween is and how you need to stay away from it because it's the devil season and that it's going, you cannot go trick-or-treating. It was, I, I couldn't believe it. So we ended up putting a hammer to that VHS tape. Because here's the thing. Yes, there's some darkness in, in that. But you know what we did last night is that we brought the light. 
We shone the light. And that Jesus was seen and Jesus was, 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 was at work last night. And oh, it was so awesome. The light was shining last night, folks. And that's the principle of the temple. The temple was visible. Oh, we were visible last night. We were visible last night. And the next principle is that the temple was a house of prayer. The temple was a house of prayer. See, Matthew 21, Jesus, he enters the temple, right? And we, we all remember this scene. We, we heard this scene before. He enters the temple, and he's disgusted at what he sees in the temple. And he starts flipping. He starts flipping up tables. He starts setting free doves. He starts, starts throwing coins all over the place. He says, the scripture declares that my temple will be called a house of prayer, but you called it a house of, a, a den of thieves. Oh, I skipped a verse there. Oh, that's all right. And so... So he, there he is, and he's, he, he's, he's, doing, he's showing people, like, listen, this, this house here, this is a house of prayer. The temple was a house of prayer. The temples today need to be a house of prayer. We are houses of prayer. And let me read uh, Isaiah 56, where he says, I will bring them to my holy mountain of Jerusalem, and I will fill them with joy in my house of prayer. I will accept their burnt offerings and sacrifices, because my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations. We should be a house of prayer. We need to be a house of prayer. God will hear our prayers. He may not always answer them the way we want him to, but he will hear them. He will, and, and, and the thing is with prayer, there, there are many different things that, 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 uh, that prayer involves. Prayer isn't just bringing our, our laundry list of needs and wants to Jesus. That's not what prayer that's not only what prayer is. There is an element of prayer where we do bring our, our, our petitions to him, where we do bring those moments where we look for, for help and, and guidance. But, but prayer is also a time of thanksgiving, where we bring our thanksgivings to Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're about to do. Prayer is a time where we bring praises to God where we worship him, we praise him. Prayer is a time where we sit in silence and we listen. There has to be an element of prayer where we sit and listen. Because here's the thing. It's how we hear from him. It's how we know what he wants us to do. It's how we know how, where he wants to bring us. Or, 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 or maybe he'll drop a name in our, our hearts that he wants us to pray for or do something for. We won't know what God wants us to do if all we do is talk and then go about our day. So prayer is talking. It's asking for help. It's bringing uh, um, uh, thanksgiving and praise. It's sitting and listening. It's bringing, uh, it's repenting of our sins. Prayer is that moment where, where, we, where we come to Jesus and we, and we just rest in him. We learn from him. We talk to him. Understand that God does not want to respond to our perfection, but he responds to our prayers. God wants to, wants to hear us, wants to speak to us, wants to, 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 to guide us and perfect us. And, and, and live on us and, and love us. And so this is what we need to do. To remember what Paul says to the, to the Thessalonian church, never stop praying. I'm really messed up here. <laughs> never stop praying. Never stop praying. 
And so he must be visible. The, the house must be visible. It must be a house of prayer, and it must be holy. It must be holy. David records in, in, in Psalm 11 that, that, that God is in the holy temple. But the, the Lord is the holy temple. The Lord still rules from heaven. He watches everyone closely, examining everyone on earth. Like the temple was considered holy, and, 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 and since it was considered holy, we need to be looking and striving for holiness. And what does that mean? What does that mean when we're looking for, for holiness? Like the Holy Spirit lives within us, and so we must strive for that. So there's this, there's this ladder principle here that's going on where, where we, we grow closer to God, and we, so we, we think we're climbing closer to Him. And so what we do is we start doing some of these practices, and we start living and loving by the Holy Spirit. So we spend time in prayer. So we, we, we fast so we could hear, hear from the Lord. We, we, we read, our, read the word and we, we, we go to church. We worship him. And so we're, we're doing all this and we're, we're, we're striving for this, this holiness. But one thing we don't realize, sometimes we forget this, this part of things, is that when Christ died on the cross and was risen again, not only... Are we like striving to be closer to God, but God has come down to us. And so while we're climbing up the ladder this way, God's coming down the ladder and he's meeting us there and he's meeting us at this point and he's calling us to this, this place of holiness, wanting us to live. And as we said uh, uh, over the last few weeks, as we live by the spirit, we will be guided by the spirit and we will, be, we will no longer be living by the flesh. And so as we live by the spirit, we start striving closer to that holiness. We start doing things that the, that the Lord wants us to do. We start thinking more like he does. We talk more like he does. We live more like he does. And, and, and as we do that, we start striving to that, to that place of holiness. So not only is the temple visible, not only is, is, is the temple a house of prayer, but the temple is holy. And that's what happens when, when, we, when we start living that way and we start, start uh, you know, understanding what he wants us, uh, what he wants for us. So in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 14 to 16, Peter talks about the holiness. He talks about that. And he talks about how, uh, 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 um, how we, we uh, God's children, we must not slip. He says that, uh, that you will know, live as obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then, but you, you must be holy in everything you do, just as God has chosen you, uh, God who has chosen you is holy. For the scriptures say, you must be holy because I am holy. You must be holy because I am holy. So we are holy. We become holy. We start living our lives that way as we live by the Spirit, as we follow the Spirit, as we listen to His leading, as we, as we follow His guiding, as we understand that He is the one who set us free. He is the one who broke down that, that barrier that separated the temple, separated God from us. Jesus is the one who is now 
brought the Holy Spirit into our lives so that we could carry him around, that we don't have to travel far distances to bring our prayers to God and hope that he hears them. But now we know he hears them. Now we know we can bring them to him. We know he hears them. He answers them in, in, in different ways, but he is there for us. He guides us. He helps us. He loves us. And so we need to be encouraged by that. So as I close this morning, I want us to think about the principles of the temple. And think about this. What was true about the temple in the Old Testament must remain true about the temple today. So ask yourself this morning, are these principles true in my life today? Are they true in your life today? Are you visible today? Is Jesus visible to the world through my life are my, are, are, are my actions, are my words reflecting Jesus? Are they reflecting Jesus? Ask yourself too, and ask God. Because here's the thing, we can ask God for things. We can ask God questions, right? We can ask him, Lord, how do you want my light, your light to shine in me? What are the things you would like me to do? How could I be a better life for you in the world today? And then stop and listen. Listen for his leading. Listen for his instruction. Again, the Holy Spirit is in you, so let him speak to you. Listen to him. Ask yourself, are you a house of prayer? Are you a house of prayer? Do you have a healthy prayer life? Do you go to God in prayer? Do you worry about everything? Or do you bring everything to him? Do you stop and listen to him? Do you praise him? Do you, re do you repent for your mistakes? What are some changes that you can make today in your life to be a house of prayer? How can you reflect his holiness today? The world is in need of us. We talked about we talked about Christ coming. Christ is coming soon, folks. And so we need to we need to live these principles out more now than ever. So be a visible temple. Be a temple, a house of prayer strive for holiness in Jesus. So Lord God, as we leave today, God, I thank you for a great, great church, Lord. Great people who are just so willing and hungry to serve you, to serve this, this, this community, to get the word of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus out. Lord God, we are doing it. And I pray you just continue to give us direction. Give us creativity. Give us a passion, Lord God, to serve you like we've never served you before. Lord God, and if we are any of us who are struggling 
with these concepts, struggling with being visible, that, you know, I want to be visible, I just don't know how, or I, I, I strive for a healthy prayer life, but it's just, it's not healthy right now. Lord, I want to be holy, but I, I, I just really struggle with some, some issues, Lord God. I pray that you would meet us where we are today, that you will meet us, that you will direct us, Lord God, that your, that your hands will just, just surround us, Lord God, that you will just, en- just engulf us in your arms, Lord. Lord God, that you will help us with prayer, Lord God, that you will just put that passion of prayer in our lives so that we can be houses of prayer, Lord, that you will give us some ideas and creativity of how we can be the light, how we can serve you in our giftings and our abilities, Jesus. Lord God, thank you and direct us. Lord God, it didn't stop last night. It's going to continue on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross and and rising again so that I'm not living separated from, from the Lord anymore. The Holy Spirit, God's Spirit is right here. Thank you, Jesus. So God, I pray you bless us, that you guide us. I pray for the U.S. as they go through their elections on Tuesday. Lord God, open the eyes of that country tomorrow, Lord God. And on Tuesday and every day moving forward, Lord God. May your hand be upon that election time. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.